0: Hello friends and listeners, welcome to Watch Skip Singular. This is a spinoff of Watch Skip Plus, which I, Cupcake, co-host with the cinemazochist Justin. As you know, we release a movie review once a week, and the plus is usually a lifestyle review of something. It can be a book, a television show, something that sort of caught our eye for the week. This is a spinoff in the respect that it's just going to be me although it's not just me for this inaugural episode of Watch Skip Singular. I actually have a guest. Joining us is going to be Alex, who runs his own podcast, Friends with Cinefits. And just as by way of an introduction, I met Alex through Troy, who is one of the co-hosts of our brother podcast in arms, Not a Bomb. I have guested on Not a Bomb before. Alex has guested on Not a Bomb as well. His episode was the wrestling comedy, Ready to Rumble, which is pretty fantastic. If, if you all have not seen it, it's uh, very comical. Stars James Khan's son, uh, Scott Khan and David Arquette. Alex, if you want to introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm Alex, like you said, host of Friends with Cinefits. Um My podcast, I'll just tell you guys a little bit about it real quick, or the listeners. Um, but yeah, it's just like short 10 minute episodes i'll just like watch after i watch something i'll um if i'm into it or not into it and like i feel like i have valuable thoughts on it then i'll like share those and try to get people to watch movies i love or be like hey this isn't as good as i thought it would be so yeah that's about it thanks for having me jose how are you doing today i'm doing good So tell me just a a little, a
0: little background about friends with Cinefits, which is, I believe powered by not a bomb. I think you, uh, they also host you, um, on their website as well. Um, but, but what, what made you start friends with Cinefits?
1: Yeah, it was, honestly, I just thought of the name. I was like friends with Cinefits. That's like a pretty cool podcast name to (laughs) review movies. Um, And, like, I looked it up and didn't see anything come up. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start it. Um, But I started it, I think, 2020 is probably around August. Um, But I was, like, working third shift and I lived alone. So I was, like, really struggling to have any type of, like, personal, like, connectivity to people. Um, And I just moved to Colorado, so I didn't have many friends out here. So it was just a way to be, like, I'm going to have a different friend on each week. They pick the movie and then like, that's how I will get to talk to people. And it kind of fluttered out. Um, Like I got a new job and got a girlfriend, stuff like that. Um, I had a co-host for a while, Kane, but just recently I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start releasing small episodes and I feel a lot better about it. And I have a lot more like passion these days for it. So I think you've, you've, said it in our text, but like, this is like my exploration into cinema. And like, it's me trying to figure out like whenever I watch something, why I like it or why I don't, I feel like I'd always, I used to just watch stuff and be like, yeah, that was good, but I didn't know why. So now I'm really trying to like hammer down, like why something speaks to me or doesn't. And that's, that's what I
0: love about, about your podcast and, and even just, just meeting you, you know, it's, You remind me of when I was younger and watching like a ton of movies or like 20 movies a weekend on on cable Um, Mm -hmm. and then sort of discovering like, well, wait a minute. What you know, what goes into the craft of of filmmaking? What does a cinematographer do and and oh, this actor is pretty cool or this director is cool. Let's check out his other movies or what have you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I I think it's absolutely super cool that you're exploring film, you're becoming like a, a film student slash, a you know, uh, cinephile, uh, yeah. we use those words, right. <laughs> um,
1: awesome. 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 So
0: what movie are we here to talk about today?
1: Yeah, we are here to talk about Barbarian, um, in theaters now, uh, I guess select theaters near you, um, directed by Zach Kregger. And I guess I was going to ask, I don't know. I didn't know, are you familiar with Zach Kreger at all? Because I was, um, but I didn't know he directed it going into it. So, like, that was a very fun experience for me. Was that a good surprise for you? <laughs> yeah. Like, once it switches and there's a little more comedy, um, I was like, what is this? And then, like, it makes sense knowing who Zach is. How do you know Zach Craig? Um, From whitest Kids You Know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's his comedy troupe, right? Yes, um, yeah. I used to watch just the YouTube videos. I think it aired on like IFC or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but like me and my friends, probably, geez, ten years ago, would like just watch the YouTube videos and um, like the grapest is my favorite or gallon of PCP. <laughs>
0: yes. So I actually know him from um, I. I watched a movie called Miss March, which was like a like you know a sex comedy. This guy goes to Um, I believe see the centerfold that he's like, try to track down Mm -hmm. the centerfold. He's in love with or whatever. And, um, of course, the, the whitest kids you know, and then some of the other sort of comedy movies he was in. And so when I heard he was directing this, I was like, well, this has to be good because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, God bless the people who, you know, at least branch out, right? I, who wouldn't you think Zach would direct a comedy movie? And this is, this is clearly not a comedy.
1: It's the same experience I had with Jordan Peele because like watching Key and Peele and then he releases Get Out and you're just like, what the heck? I was not expecting this at all. It's like, who is this person? I don't know you anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, Okay. so before uh, before we get into our review, just reviewing some of the people on the screen and then even just below the line, uh, our star is Georgina Campbell. Do you have you ever seen her in anything? Do you? Never. Um,
1: I saw she was in an episode of Black Mirror, but I don't remember it. But other than that, nothing. Yeah. So she is a British actress. She's also a Gemini.
0: Yay, Gemini. Um, but she's probably known more for, as you said, uh, British television shows like Broadchurch, Black Mirror. She had an appearance on there. Domestically, I think I remember her as Lita Zod from Krypton. If you ever saw that on Sci-Fi, it Didn't was I- it was kind of like a prequel to Superman. Mm-hmm. And how Jorel was like a young guy growing up or whatever. Anyway, it got canceled. It was it was actually not bad and uh it was beautiful production. Um and she's currently now in the Apple television series Suspicion with Yuma Thurman. Uh, uh so there's that. Uh Bill Skarsgard is our other lead. Do you know how do you know Bill?
1: Yeah, just it. Um Pennywise. Like yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> he's very I guess scary because of that um so like I think that really helps his character in this but we'll dive into that more later and um I, Bill Skarsgård was also an executive producer for this film which I thought was interesting he
0: was I also saw his name on the credit thank you for mentioning that yeah so curiously enough yes Bill scarsgard he played Pennywise I think a lot of us are scared of clowns and he just made clowns horrific for all of mm-hmm. us including Troy who hates clowns yeah um So, Skarsgard, he's got kind of a weird connection to horror in some ways because he was on Hemlock Grove. I don't know if you ever saw that. It was a, it was the Eli Roth produced horror series on Netflix. It's got werewolves and, and vampires and stuff. It's, you should check it out. I think of all people, genre people, I think you would love that. Um, he was also on Hulu's Castle Rock, which was the series that aimed to take all of the notable Stephen King characters and try to put them in a connected universe.
1: Oh, um, I didn't so, know
0: that. Uh, yeah. So not only is, does that sound like a daunting task and it only lasts <laughs> two seasons and got canceled, but you know, it's, it's not going to go over well with people that aren't familiar with the entire Stephen King universe. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're going to watch it. and You're going to be like, Okay, well, that that's misery, but why do I care? Um, but anyway, so uh, Skarsgård, he's definitely known for a lot of his indie work. And he is, uh, believe it or not, apparently he is six, three and a half. That's Dang. how tall he is. He is the shortest of his brothers, though. Obviously, he is one of five. And his most mm-hmm. notable brothers are Alex Skarsgård. Uh, he's uh, the actor in True Blood. What did I see him in recently?
1: The, the Northman, Northman? yeah, I just got that on 4K this morning.
0: <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah, um, Tarzan, that awful Tarzan movie, and then his other brother is Gustav Skarsgård, um, the lesser known brother who is just as fine an actor. Um, he played. Uh, now I think his name is Floki, but my husband thinks his name is Loki in the Viking series. If you ever saw that, he, I saw the first season. Yeah, so and he was I think the, it ooh, is. Floki. he was the crazy guy, but um, yeah. Uh, It's weird. He doesn't, he doesn't, I think Bill and Alex kind of look alike, but Gustav looks completely different. Uh Um, And then of course we have
1: Justin Long. Are you familiar with Justin Long? Yeah. I, I'm not sure what from, I don't think I was ever a big fan of Justin Long. I'm excited to see how you feel, but I looked like his IMDB description said, I have it here. um, A likable boyish looking actor (laughs) with thick eyebrows and a friendly smile. And I was like, I have never thought he was very likable or boyish. Looking, oh. But he, I guess he does have thick eyebrows.
0: Uh, he Whoever wrote that needs to just give it up and, and quit, it
1: quit PR. No, seriously. <laughs> no, it sounds like something like I would write something like that about myself. Um, um, yeah, I, so- I remember seeing um, Live Free or Die Hard. I think that was the first Die Hard movie I ever watched. Oh, um, you started at the wrong It was boopee. just like <laughs> when it came out, I was like finally that age where I was like, Oh, an action movie, cool. Yeah. Um so I watched that and then I've seen Accepted and I think my mom watched Tusk and I was like oh. walking back and forth doing something and I was like, Oh, that's interesting, but that's about it for me.
0: Yeah. So I am, I am a huge Justin Long fan. It's funny you mentioned accepted. That's one of my favorite movies of his. He is definitely comedic actor. He's got, I think he has great comedic timing. Um, his first movie was actually Galaxy Quest. I don't know if you ever saw that. Um, I haven't. It's on the oh, list. It's fantastic. So mm-hmm. he, he plays like a, a super fanboy of the television show that actually ends up, um, helping them. And it, it's, it's very interesting because he, it, you know, if we're talking about fanboys and, um, movie geeks and people who love like Star Trek, he plays that, that character to a T in Galaxy Quest uh-huh. really made an impression on me. Um, he was also in no, most notably known for live for your die hard, which you mentioned mm-hmm. filmed in my hometown of Baltimore, by the way, oh. um, which doubled as DC. And it's funny. Like I'll watch that movie and I'll be like, that that that's not DC. And then there's one location and then they'll move to like another location. And it literally is just the other side of the street from where they were. (laughs) And it's like, no, that's none of that is right. He's probably known for Jeepers Creepers. So the first, Mm -hmm. the first Jeepers Creepers, if you'd ever seen that, um, he does have a history with Kevin Smith. You mentioned Tusk. He was also in Zach and Mary make a porno. He dated Drew Barrymore. They did the romantic comedy going the distance, um, I think he said he dated her twice. Mm-hmm. He's best friends with one of my heroes, Maggie Q, and if you haven't checked it out yet, he has a great interview podcast and he is hysterical. He he will have you laughing like crazy. Um, and it's funny you mentioned the IMDb profile because it says that he's German, Sicilian, and Polish, which looking at him I would have never guessed any of those things, any of those. Yeah ethnicity is very odd. Um, you mentioned uh, Skarsgård as an executive producer. I just want to touch on Arnon Milchan. Uh, he's the producer of this. He's a prolific producer. Basically, when I grew up watching movies, I would notice his name on stuff that I fell in love with. And so anything this man puts his name on I'm in the seats. So just just for you for the future, if you mm-hmm. ever see the film is made by Regency, which is his company, yeah. um or if he's produced it, watch it. So um Milchon got his start basically produ- you know producing some smaller things and then he eventually moved into movies. So listen to some of these crazy titles. Pretty Woman, Brazil, Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in America. And then he formed New Regency, which is now Regency, but he was behind JFK, Time to Kill, Free Willy, Under Siege, Fight Club, Entrapment. And then he did his whole run of like Oscar nominated films. So we've got LA Confidential, 12 Years a Slave, Birdman, The Revenant, The Big Short. And so now Regency, he's paired up with 20th Century Fox and just is producing crazy stuff that's just absolutely fun and amazing and then of course they branched off to regency television so arnon milchin he's your man um awesome and then just really quickly we've got music by anna drubich um she is actually russian which is kind of cool don't see many female russians um as composers she did uh the scores for the films werewolves within i don't know if you ever saw that it's a great comedy movie it's on netflix check it out it's it's fantastic. Um, the documentary Nalvani about the, the Russian, um, opposition political leader against Putin who was wrongly imprisoned. Um, and then scary stories to tell in the dark. Did you ever see that? No. Ah, it's so good. You have to, for a PG 13 movie, it's, it's a great, for a PG 13 horror film, it's actually pretty great. Um, and then our DP is Zach Cooperstein. He is New York based. Um, done mainly like some, you know, indie films, Eyes of My Mother. It's a horror film that's been on streaming a lot. And then Bill Oliver's Jonathan with Ansel Elgort. Not a lot of people saw that, but seek it out. It's, it's an interesting one. It's kind of like Memento. Like he wakes up. I and just watched that, like, that last night for the first Memento, time. Memento. So fantastic, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So Jonathan, this is a weird one. It's like, it's like he wakes up and then he has to watch a video of himself to remind him like what his day was the day before. Okay. Yeah, it's it's um it's interesting. I do like On Cell uh, West Side Story fantastic. Yeah, I love Um all right, so the logline for Barbarian is a woman staying at an Airbnb discovers that the house she has rented is not what it seems. So Alex, what are your spoiler-free thoughts? And then we can obviously go into, like, spoilers. Um, What are your spoiler-free thoughts about Zack Kreger's Barbarian?
1: Yeah, I guess I'll start with the first time that I, like, found out about this movie. And it was when we went to see Nope in theaters, uh, me and my girlfriend. And then there was a trailer for Barbarian. And, like, it's just from the first 40 or so minutes of the movie where, like, it's the airbnb stuff and she was like terrified and she almost (laughs) like she turned to me after the trailer and was like i kind of want to leave and like she was worried for nope that nope would be like horrifying i guess i didn't think nope was horrifying um but like yeah that was my (laughs) that was my first experience and i was like yeah i don't want to see that that looks like so scary um but then i saw like I think Justin posted about it on his Instagram um, and compared it to Tucker and Dale versus evil. And so I was like, oh my God, I love Tucker and Dale. Um, really? I think so.
0: How did I miss I, that?
1: Um my co host writes stuff and I don't even <laughs> I don't even read it. Jesus. So or he maybe, really did. He compared it? <laughs> I think so. Um, okay. I guess we'll have to look, but I'm scrounging If Not then it was another review I saw. Like maybe I saw his review and then Googled it and someone else compared it to Tucker and Dale. Um, but yeah, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna see that. And then since you guys recommended it, actually, I got like Regal Unlimited because I can walk to a Regal. Um, nice. so I was like, Yeah, I heck yeah, free movies or whatever. And so I went and saw it and I was like, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, like the first 40 minutes is kind of different than what's after that. Um, And those first 40 minutes, like I was terrified. I was like, man, I thought this might be funny, but like, no, it's kind of scary. I have some issues with it, I guess, but. I guess that's all I'll say now for um, the spoiler free version. Um, Yeah. But like, I, I guess I like it is what I'll, what I'll say for now. Yeah. What do you think?
0: So do you think it's like a watch or a skip? Oh, watch. Definitely watch. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, I, I had the same thing. I mean, I, uh, I went into it completely blind um, as you know, I try to avoid the, the trailers. So I literally mm-hmm. knew nothing about it except for the fact that, you know, Zack Kreger directed it. And I was like, okay, this looks like a horror movie and Zach is really funny and hysterical. Like, what am mm-hmm. I in for? So yeah, it's actually a really, really great thriller. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely nothing like what you would expect. Um, I don't know why there hasn't been enough press over this because I mean, literally I just, I think we walked out of some movie and I saw the poster and I'm like, I have never heard of this. And then I don't think there's been commercials, right? Yeah. I think, but for you seeing the thriller, I'm sorry, the trailer and having your girlfriend sort of react to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been no press about this and it is a great little indie horror film, horror thriller. And uh I thought at first that the narrative structure, which we'll get into, I mm-hmm. thought that that might end up being obnoxious, but it wasn't. They used it okay. in, in a very, very good way. Um, whereas, you know, let's just use as, as an example, Bullet Train. Um, You know, Bullet Train would stop its momentum to take like a side journey to like yeah. another character and what was going on. And I'm not going to say that the narrative is quite the same here, but they're doing something along those lines, but it's mm-hmm. not as intrusive. And it's certainly compelling and interesting. It certainly keeps your interest. Yeah. Um, and the performances are fantastic. I, you know, Ms. Campbell is, is she's just great as a lead. I think she's wonderful. Um, Long is pretty fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. He's, I, I don't know. He, it seems like he's branching out into these like douchebag roles because he sort of plays a sim, kind of a similar character in Tusk. I think kind of like okay. this douchebaggy kind of like, I'm going to, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, or I could be mixing it up with some other movie that he was in, but he definitely plays a scoundrel that, uh, yeah, that was interesting. And then, yeah, just. <laughs> not knowing, a- not knowing what to expect in this, yeah. and the fact that the film just go—it's <laughs> like when you think, just when you think it could get worse, it actually spirals into more horror and thrills. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I think you know, if you're looking for that kind of thing, definitely check it out. Um, it is intense, though. I will say that. Yeah. Um, in fact, I likened it to. Did you ever see Don't Breathe? The Feddy um, Alvarez?
1: I don't know. I feel like I did. Wait, yeah. Is that, that was the, the one where the guys um like blind? Yes. And they break into his. Yeah, okay. I saw yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had the
0: this I had the same reaction to this movie that I did to Don't Breathe, which was You know, looking at Don't Breathe in the trailers, it's like, okay, it's a home invasion thing. And then he turns the tables on them, right? Mm -hmm. But it was, there was so much more that went bonkers into that. And then the whole absolute concept of what he was doing in that house was like rather shocking. And so I would say to viewers, this is the kind of ride that you're in for when you see Barbarian. Like you may actually be shocked at some of the things that you see on screen and how it turns Mm -hmm. out.
1: Um, yeah, so that's a great comparison. A I forgot about that movie, but yeah, yeah the, I, that would be a good, uh, fun, like Friday night double feature.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely a watch. Okay. So, uh, if you have not seen Barbarian, you're definitely going to want to click this off right about now. So Alex, what are your spoiler thoughts on Barbarian?
1: Yeah. So I guess like. I want to talk about the, the beginning of the movie first, like the first 40 minutes or whatever. And I think maybe they could have done a better job with um like, imp- like implying that um Bill Skarsgård character, Keith, I think yeah. like d- do better at implying that like, he could be a bad guy. Like I, obviously there's that like dynamic there that like, Oh, these two strangers are living there. One's a male, one's a female. And like, If that male is scary or, you know, like a bad dude, he could simply overpower her because like you said, he's six, three or whatever. So you didn't
0: think that they you didn't think that they played up the fact that he was somewhat could be menacing. You didn't find him. So
1: I did think they like I think that they did that. But I wanted like in it like just add an insert like she takes a picture of his wallet because he leaves it in the bedroom. And then like instead of her, like just having that picture, like show her, send it to a friend. And then like she rolls over and goes to bed and then like her phone lights up. But then it like cuts away and like we never see anything. So then like we don't know if he's a bad guy, but like maybe add a little more to that. Yeah. Um, but like it worked for me, but I just I guess I could see how someone like wouldn't see that if they're a little more naive I guess like wouldn't see that that's scary and then the first 40 minutes would just be like oh this is just an awkward situation
0: well I I actually found him to be so it's weird right she she shows up the neighborhood is completely dark you can't Mm -hmm. you can't see anything she she comes in there and you know he's there but he's just overly insistent you know have some tea yeah have some great. wine right and then he's like he's coming up with excuses for everything oh I'll just get a hotel oh there's a there's a convention you're going to have to stay here yeah that here. part was suspicious right and then it was sort of like um hey what are you in town for a documentary oh guess what i'm part of that cl- what yeah. and then and then you're kind of thinking like did he plan for her to be there is mm-hmm. he going to you know whatever um And then there's all that business with the basement,
1: right? Yeah. Oh my God. So one thing I did notice was like, even though I think that they could have hit that like a little bit harder, um, I think that's just a testament to like Bill Skarsgård's performance is like, he's scary up and like you think he's involved and like could be causing this up until the moment he dies. Um, Yes. Like, and then you're just like, yeah, I guess I guess he's not involved then. Um, but like, that's that's the final moment when you're like, dang, I didn't get it. And I think like that's so cool for a movie to do, like to be able to execute that to where we're like, is it this guy? Like, even when he's down there, like at, at some point he goes in like the creepy dungeon or whatever, and yeah. he's like sobbing for help. But still, yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, I've seen this guy play Pennywise. Like, I know he can, like, trick someone, trick people, the, right? Like, yeah um yeah so up until he gets killed you're like
0: what
1: yeah yeah like there's always that like maybe hesitation um and then i guess that could be where another i wouldn't even say i have an issue with it um but like he dies and it cuts to black but you like see the the woman um yes the mother (laughs) is what they call it yeah okay yeah the the mother sorry (laughs) yeah um but like Maybe if they could have done like I feel like that kind of stopped momentum there for me, because like you see him die and then you see the mother. And then I guess like maybe if you didn't see him die and then the whole time that it cuts over to Justin Long's part, you're like, okay, did he like you maybe you see blood or something like on gets splashed and then you're like, okay, did. Keith killed Tess like down there. Like was he right. involved? But instead it was like you saw the monster, which I think you did need to see. Um, but I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Like how so did you think that was executed? So
0: it's really, it's, it, you know, I think that when they, when they drop that on us, right, she goes down to the basement and there's all the shenanigans. There's a bloody mattress and there's a video. And then there's another door that leads into like a mine or whatever. And it's sort of like, sort of like jesus god who built this house right mm-hmm. um but you know one thing that struck me as odd was you know when we see bill he's like crawling and he's screaming he's like we have to get out of here right and then he's like we need to go that way so the one thing that struck me as weird and uh, and maybe that's designed to trick the audience i guess mm-hmm. is why why would you take her the other way knowing that there was something there right Whereas yeah. she had just come from someplace, don't you think she would have said, well, we can't go this way? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, if I she thought didn't that see was th- It was weird that he was like, we need to go this way. And then when he gets killed and you see the monster, it's freakish. So mm-hmm. once they cut to Justin Long, it, it is very disruptive and it does take away the mm-hmm. momentum. And I did not check out. Like for me, I was interested like okay why are we getting justin long now yeah like, what the same. hell is happening here right um and it's interesting you mentioned that because cinematography wise i don't know if you noticed this uh, i'd have to go back and look at it again but but uh they appear to have either changed lenses or filmed justin's segment in a completely different manner as the first okay. um, so when they cut to justin it's very like California cool and whatever. So it's like mm-hmm. colorful and it's got like all this stuff and he's in his car. Um By the way, I I got an eerie sort of like convergence with uh, I don't know if you know this, but um, and I'm not I'm not gossiping because it's been on websites. Um, so <laughs> when he's driving and he's in the um, the convertible, right? Yeah. It made me think of American Gigolo. Right. Have you ever seen that? With Richard Gere, 1980s? When he's driving, it made me think of the opening scenes of American Gigolo, which also made me remember that there is an American Gigolo series on Showtime, okay? Mm -hmm. But what had happened was the showrunner was actually fired from the project because there were allegations of misconduct. And so here this opens and I'm thinking, oh, American Gigolo. And then there's the call that's like, uh, she's saying you raped her and mm-hmm. you're going to be fired from the project that you started. I was like, uh Oh, <laughs> did somebody read their variety and then write the script? <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, so then we get to, we get to Justin Long and you know, it turns out that he's like a rapist, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Which is where I, he confesses to it eventually to Zach Kregers, to Zach Roger. Kreger, yeah. Who, yeah. Great cameo. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: so, how did you feel about his "quote unquote" confession? Were you disgusted? Um, I was disgusted,
1: but yeah, but like I feel like I went to college not too long ago, and I feel like just at the bar sometimes, like you just would overhear people like that. Yeah, so like I wasn't surprised like how he framed it. Like he's like, yeah, sometimes they just need like. A little motivation to sleep with you i can't remember exactly <gasps> what he said yes and he was like and i was like, and, I've you know they say no like at this.
0: first but then you know we made yeah. out some more and then she was totally into which is totally into it or whatever yeah i was like that is disgusting
1: but like i think it was i think it was kind of necessary because then like the rest of the film you're kind of like questioning his intentions and like i don't know I, I think it worked um, because like he's kind of a, a dick the yeah. rest of the film as well. And so yeah. like it just kind of sets it up. You're like, oh, yeah, this guy just kind of sucks.
0: So did you f- did you feel in his segment because then he goes back to the Michigan home. We find out mm-hmm. that he's the owner of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he's trying to sell it. And then, of course, he's doing this douchebaggery thing where he's like, can you add square footage in a basement and a <laughs> mine or whatever? Right. Which I is thought how- that was so
1: funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which like, is how, how they get him as a plot point to go into the into the place, right?
1: Yeah. He's just laying down the tape measure and just like walking <laughs> through this like pitch black dungeon. And he's just like, oh man, it just keeps going. And he's like, he's thinking he's rich. And the whole time we're just like, dude, you you're you an have idiot. No idea what's down there. Like- you're going to get killed.
0: And so I think what's interesting about the way that they frame that is that we know as an audience what's down there right Mm -hmm. did you feel at all that that you were biding your time watching his story until he gets to the dungeon or were you or did you like the fact that they were basically setting him up for
1: you know this craziness i i guess i liked it because like that's when the the comedy kind of starts and so i was like okay the first whatever is horror this part's going to be comedy and then like It'll get introduced and then that's when we'll get like the the thriller comedy. Um, I do think like in the back of my mind the entire time, like when he's going through the allegations and stuff like that, I was just like, "How how is this going to relate? And then they ended up relating it and I think it worked. Um, yeah. Yeah. How do you think like, they
0: were – how did you feel – well, OK. So then he goes down there, right? Mm-hmm. And then he eventually gets trapped by the mother, the demon thing, right? Yeah. And then there's another cut.
1: So how yes. did you feel about that? <laughs> so I guess, doesn't it show that Tess is alive before the cut? I think so. I think she like shushes him yes, or something. Yes, she says, and then it cuts she says
0: don't say something. And then, yeah, it cuts.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, I think I, I guess I liked that because it like introduced, okay, now we know Tess is alive and like she's in some cage or whatever. I don't know how much you know with this, like before it cuts to black. Um, but I liked it because now I'm like, oh, it's not just Justin Long and that girl's dead. They're going to work together. And then I guess like deep down, I was probably like, oh, Justin Long sucks. And he's just kind of just going to be here to help her escape. Like, yeah. And he does. Um, so, so, yeah, I liked it. I like that segment, too, because, again, we
0: you know, we talked about this in the spoiler, the spoiler free sort of word uh, uh, critique of it. We're finding out more, right? He goes down there and there's like a a weird breastfeeding video. And then there's like this other place that's like disheveled and it looks like something out of like 1980s. And you're like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he finally the monster like kind of like traps him. And then we get a third cut. So how at this point, how did you feel that they disrupted the momentum yet again to show us something else?
1: Yeah, I guess I don't look at it. I think the first time it may have like disrupted the rhythm, but it didn't like for me personally, um, like I was still in no matter what. So I guess like, I'm still just like, no matter what, after all the cuts, like I was still just like, yeah, I'm in. I thought it was cool that they always like kind of ended on a cliffhanger and then it picks up. And then real quick, you mentioned it and it made me remember um, the like baby nursing video. (laughs) God. is narrated by Sarah Paxton. Yes. Um, who is big and like whenever I was growing up, she was an aquamarine and returned uh-huh. to Halloween town. Yep. Um. And then her and Zach Kreger are married. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I thought
0: that was kind of funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh. So sorry to go off on the tangent. But yeah, like once you see the uh, like the nursing room or whatever, I was just yeah. like, this is the twist I wanted. Like I needed something like this. Yeah. I mean, look, they give you the monster and mm-hmm. then sudden, and, and, you know, I,
0: I mean, I, I feel like they made it a point that you saw her saggy titties, right? The first yeah. time you see her, right? Hell it's yeah. like, okay, it's, it's a, it's a gross old woman with like, you know, her saggy titties and she's got, you know, teeth and she's roaring, right? Mm-hmm. And then you see the nursing thing and you're kind of like, what the? And there's a cage and then it cuts and then, so this is how I told you the the cinematographer sort of lends it in a different way. They use a different lens in the in the portion where they're discussing how the mother came about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of like this weird fish-eyed wide angle lens, and then you hear an '80s song playing. And then you recognize it's the neighborhood and obviously it's the eighties and he gets into this old, like, you know, Lincoln town car. I don't know cars, but some big car, big boat mm-hmm. that was like, you know, whatever. And then it turns and then we start seeing him stalking somebody.
1: Which right? real quick, him is um, Richard Brake. Yeah. Who I'm not sure what I recognize him in, but as soon as I saw him on the screen, I was like, oh, this is a bad guy. Yeah. Um, I know he's been in like spy. He was Joe Till in Batman Begins. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was in Mandy, which are the ones I've seen of him. But yeah, like I knew immediately, I was like, something's up with this guy. And then, yeah, you can go on.
0: I admit he's kind of, um, okay. So no offense to this actor, but he is kind of a scary and sketchy looking guy. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen him like on the red carpet or whatever. He's actually not a bad looking guy, but you're correct. Mm -hmm. He plays like scary people. I think it's his eyes or something. And his teeth. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, I I know him from Hannibal Rising. I'm a huge Hannibal fan. Mm. And so he was in Hannibal Rising, which was the prequel um, where uh, now, the, unfortunately, passed away, uh, Gaspard Yuliel. He's the French actor who played Hannibal. Um, but that, that gentleman played one of the people that ate Hannibal's dog... <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, ate Hannibal's sister. So I have you ever seen Hannibal Rising? I think so, but
1: it I think it was a while back, like when I was oh, okay. in high school.
0: So again, it was like it was a prequel about how Hannibal became a cannibal, basically. Mm-hmm. So what happened was is he and his sister were hiding out and then these Nazis came in and the Nazis needed to hunker down and wait for a rescue, basically. And they ran out of food. So they cooked and ate Hannibal's sister and they even awesome. fed him a little bit of Hannibal's sister. which, gotcha. Yeah, and so then the rest of the movie is him taking revenge on the Nazis, and this guy was one of the Nazis, and the way that he gets dispatched is that he's tied to a tree, and there's a rope around his neck, and there's a horse that's pulling the rope Tight, tight, okay, tight I yeah, think whatever. I remember that. Yeah, and so basically he, like, you know, hits the horse on the ass and then it takes off and the guy's like, Rrr! and then, like, his neck explodes. Anyway, that's the guy. So, yes, you're correct. We all know nice. he's doing bad. And then we see him stalking these women. Mm-hmm. And then we come to find out that, you know, and this is, again, that sort of, like, onion layer of, like, insanity in this movie. Not only is the mother down there, but he's down there all old and decrepit. Mm-hmm presumably getting drunk and high and jerking off to his old videos of the women that he tortured down there. Yeah. All the while his daughter has grown up to become this awful mother thing Mm -hmm. who attaches to strangers as their quote unquote babies. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then there's that horrific scene where, you know, they're like, where the mother sends down this disgusting baby bottle that's yeah, got like hair like hair. On, uh. hair on it. Oh my god, nothing makes me cringe more in horror movies than hair. So like <laughs> people are pulling hair out of their mouth, I'm gagging, and then there was hair all over this this baby bottle and like lungs like refusing to drink it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't you trust the woman in the pit with you who was like, drink
1: it, drink it, or you'll be, you yeah, know. Yeah, but I don't know if I could drink it. Like, I would, I would love to drink it. Um, so I would survive. <laughs> this is the but, best conversation ever. <laughs> but like, you see that lady and then you see that's definitely milk. I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, is she human? Like, maybe she's like, she was drinking the bad water or something. And then like, I, maybe if I drink her milk, I get that and I die eventually. Um But it's about survival. I would be chugging struggle. on that shit just to appease her. <laughs> See, I guess I'm more of a, like if I'm going to go out, I want it to be a cool way. And if it's like in some sex dungeon by this like old woman, that's a cool way, I guess. <laughs> um That's like yes. why if I get offered to go to space, like, Yeah. Life is about survival or whatever, but like, what a gnarly way to go out be like, (laughs) everyone goes to my funeral. They're like, yeah, he died going to space. Like I'm the coolest person ever. (laughs) I don't know.
0: He died in a sex dungeon drinking bad baby milk.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, so then we get to the last portion of the movie basically where it's the all out sort of like survival. Are they going to get away from this thing? Um, in the meantime, they introduce the the homeless man who we see at the beginning, who's mm-hmm. running towards her and she's, you know, clutching her purse and freaking out. Um, and of course, you know, my husband and I called it, they were like, we were like, oh, he's warning her, and she's just scared because it's yeah. a sketchy, horrible neighborhood, which we find out, and mm-hmm. she thinks the homeless man is trying to like rob her, rape her, right? And then unfortunately the the mother gets loose and there's all this shenanigans. So let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Kreger wrote it this way, that we get a woman coming from ostensibly what seems to be a bad, possibly abusive uh, relationship, Mm -hmm. and she's scared of Bill Skarsgård thinking he might do something to her, right? And then we get a second character who is, in fact, an abuser, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? He just doesn't see it that way, okay? Yeah. And then our third character, I want to say it's the man that we see, but I yeah. really think it's about the mother, right? Yeah. I think, I think it's about the creature. Okay. And then we find out that the creature's predilection is that she wants a baby and she wants to nurse a baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we fi- later find that she's, she wants to protect a baby because there's that whole shenanigans where Justin Long to buy time throws her off throws Tessa off the water tower mm-hmm. but then strangely the mother actually protects her from falling yeah. and and grabs her and takes the brunt of the impact okay yeah. and then obviously it sets up the the final scene about like who's going to do what to who so my question to you is is do you think that there was some overall message about anything about human
1: nature, about trauma that Zach is trying to tell us? So I do, but I guess I I don't think, I don't know why, but I don't think the ending worked that well for me. And it might be because I don't really see how the message that I see in the other parts of the film, like relate to the ending. Yeah, But like, I guess I see there's like the dynamic of like men having Power over women, I guess, like that going on in the first bit in the Airbnb, obviously with Keith and Tess. And then you mm-hmm. get it with Justin Long and his co-worker that he raped. And then you get it again with the scary dungeon man and all of his stuff. So like the the ending, I'm not sure how that relates in. I guess I looked at it as like those three things happen and then like, oh, how do we tie this together? Um, she's a mother she wants to mother like that's what the nursing stuff's for Um, and threw that in so I don't know if that answers your question I also did find um, that Zach Kreger was inspired by The Gift of Fear which I think is a book
0: it is Um, a book I've read that actually okay
1: he said he cited a section that encourages women to trust their intuition and not ignore the subconscious red flags that arise in their day to day interactions with men and then he said he sat down and wrote a 30 page scene that would incorporate as many of those flags as possible. And then he finally settled on just having a woman show up at an Airbnb to find out it's been double booked with a man. So that's where Interesting. I I got that from.
0: Um, so uh, I just pulled it off my shelf. <laughs> OK, it's called The Gift of Fear by Gavin De Becker. And there's a big quote on it that says, "This book can save your life." <laughs> um, uh, so just to let you know, uh, Gab, it says here on the back, Gavin De Becker, the man Oprah Winfrey calls the nation's leading expert on violent behavior, shows you how to spot even subtle signs of danger before it's too late. Shattering, <laughs> shattering the sorry. I should probably not add my dramatic reading. No, um, I loved it. Shattering the myth that most violent acts are unpredictable. De Becker whose clients include top Hollywood stars and government agencies So the background to this is Gavin De Becker was a big security guy um, okay. for not only movie sets but celebrities when they would tour and threat assessment um, uh, offers specific ways to protect yourself and those you love including how to act when approached by a stranger when you should fear someone close to you what to do if you are being stalked? Um, learn to spot the danger signals others miss. It might just save your life. Actually, I read this book twice. Okay, <laughs> um, it's a really, really good book. I had no idea that he based it off of this. Yeah, that actually, that actually says a lot, though, because. So what I took away from this is mm-hmm. obviously it's it's very odd because e- each of the characters in this movie is reacting or living their lives through the filter of some sort of trauma. Um, uh-huh. and, and that's, and it's kind of a bad thing now with, with, Justin Long, you know, he unfortunately is the person creating the trauma. Um, mm-hmm. but again, it's, it's just the other side of the equation, right? So he's the abuser and then the others, we see the older man is the abuser. Um, which is funny how he ends up, how the two abusers end up together. And, you know, there's yeah. that one scene where Long is like, dude, you're disgusting. You're a monster. And then mm. it's sort of like, I'm sorry, Kettle. You are <laughs> black. Right. Yeah. And, and then it, it, you know, that, that whole setup was really, really kind of interesting. Um, but to me, what, what really sort of punched home some things were, was the constant, Here are all the warning signs, people. They're everywhere. And you Mm -hmm. continue to dig deeper into this stuff when you should be running the hell away. And so like the woman, you know, she gets there and she doesn't see the neighborhood. But then when she finally sees the neighborhood, don't you think you would move out, too?
1: Yeah, right? she like had the interview, and I was like, "Just take your suitcase with you to the interview. Leave out and her. do leave. not go back to that house. Like doors are opening and shutting on their own and stuff. Get out of there."
0: Yeah, and then like I mean, yeah, she arrived in the nighttime, but you you saw that neighborhood. I mean, it was it. She's driving away, and it's like miles of like abandoned homes mm-hmm. and overgrown like lawns and and all of that shit. And she gonna go back there? Like, come on. Right. I think something
1: flagged for me right away because like so I grew up um, down the street from Troy and we would go like have movie night at their house like me and my sister would. And then we would have to run home in the dark. And (laughs) if someone's like their light on their lamppost, like out kind of by the street or whatever was out like that's that's where we're sprinting by So like when it showed up and like you could see kind of that there were houses there, like you'd see the stoops or whatever, but you couldn't see any houses, but there were no lights. That's when I was like, yeah, you're in Detroit, like get out of there. Like nobody lives here. This is a dangerous place. Yeah.
0: And so um I think that the the thread for a lot of this was there are obvious signs of things you should not be doing. Mm -hmm. And 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 yet. The characters consistently keep going, right? Yeah. And then I think the biggest setup was the fact that, and you, you mentioned this too, is that men seem to sort of have all the power in some ways mm-hmm. and that, and that there are things that, like Tessa mentions, you know, they're not going to look differently at a man if they're acting one way versus a woman acting another way. But with Justin, excuse me, with Justin Long's character, basically, He's so oblivious to everything, right? Mm-hmm. And he's so selfish. And I think that the biggest thing that the movie, in addition to look out for these signs and when you see them, take care, okay? Mm-hmm. I-, I think the biggest thing that they were sort of punching home was that – um, what's that expression? You know, lipstick on a pig is still – have you ever heard – Okay, no, you're shaking I, your head. I think,
1: I think that makes <laughs> sense. If you put lipstick on a pig, you're still kissing a pig.
0: Exactly. And <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 I think the, the biggest message was when people show you who they are, who they truly are, y- you should believe them and take them at their word, right? And mm-hmm. so Tessa is the kind of person who goes back into a horrific situation to save somebody because mm-hmm. she she feels that responsibility. Justin mm-hmm. Long… Doesn't give a shit. He will throw a woman off a water tower so that he can survive. And so when, again, he he makes all these sort of like placating, like, oh, let's get to safety and this is going to be fine or whatever, whatever. But when it comes down to it, he's still a selfish bastard looking out for himself. Right. Yeah.
1: I, th- I think it's also notice- notable that like he's going through the allegations or whatever. Like we know he raped someone, but then like you mentioned, he's down in the dungeon with the old man who's like a monster um and he calls him that but like he doesn't recognize that like he's still also a monster like doing the same thing like he doesn't learn from that either and so at the end like he pretty much tries the sacrifice test yeah. because he is a monster he just doesn't recognize that yeah and uh and i think that the reason
0: why this is about like who who you are deep down inside and how that kind of doesn't change is because the mother saves tessa mm-hmm. you know because even though she's horrific and she's done these terrible things she's only ever wanted a child and that instinct comes out when when you know tessa gets thrown off and then she saves her yeah and so for me that's why the ending is so powerful because Tessa, somebody who would go into a horrific situation mm. to save somebody, blows her head off. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like, yeah. and, and it's sort of like, okay, sometimes you gotta break an egg. Yeah. To have an omelette and survive. So I don't know. I thought it was, uh, all in all, I mean, I think it's an astounding writer, director debut. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I I can't wait to see more from Zack Krager yeah it was, me is a great movie um, yeah. also
1: real quick to touch on like what you said about like tests like even ignoring the warning signs like just to help someone else out I guess I kind of looked at it as not making someone uncomfortable I think the movie is it um, the girl with the dragon tattoo at the yeah. end of it and isn't that Stellan Skarsgard is he related to Bill?
0: Uh yes, he is.
1: He's yeah. uh, he's Bill's dad. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, at the end of that movie like Daniel Craig is like he just keeps like hanging out with Stellan. It's been a while since I've seen it. And then at one point like Stellan captures him or whatever, and yeah. then he's like you are here because you didn't want to make me uncomfortable. And he's like I was luring you here. Like I'm going to kill you just because like you're here because you didn't want to make someone uncomfortable. And I think I can relate to that. Like my worst, like I worked at the movie theater in high school and it was so weird. Like when you say like, enjoy your movie and then someone like someone says you too. And then they yes. just like die inside. Cause they're just like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's so embarrassing. Like, I just told you to have a good movie, but you're working. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel bad <laughs> making people uncomfortable. So, like, that's, I, I read into that. And then I also wanted to ask you, because I don't know. Are, I assume you're political. I like follow you on Instagram. Um, and I feel like you post news and stuff, yeah. but like, whenever it does the flashback to, the the like old man um i feel like there's like a broadcast or something and they mentioned ronald reagan yes um and then like there's also detroit was like beautiful back then and then now it's here so like i was wondering if there's like an under i don't know much about ronald reagan's presidency i don't think i've heard good things um but i was wondering like do you see any message in that like are we living with the sins from the Ronald Reagan era or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Uh,
0: you know, it's funny. You mentioned that. Um, I, I think that the, so when I was watching the movie, I think they did that to fret, to, to give you the time frame. Um, okay. because, because again, there's a song that's playing and it's, I know it as a big eighties song, right? Mm -hmm. And so then I, I turned to my husband and I was like, okay, we're in the eighties as if the lens (laughs) change hasn't told you or whatever. Like we're Mm -hmm. terrible. There was one other guy in the, in the screening with us. And so Mm -hmm. we were like, we're just going to fucking talk. Um, I would never do that (laughs) in like a packed house or whatever. Um, but then he gets in the car and he turns it on and they're talking about the Reagan administration. So it is the eighties. Um, but, um, I think, I think maybe you are making, a good point that the film potentially might be an indictment of like gentrification or mm-hmm. how, how, you know, once beautiful neighborhoods have gone into disarray. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's probably only more surface versus um, you know, what okay. have you.
1: I, I mean, I, I, I guess I was wondering if there's like, something beneath the surface like the oh, sex dungeon Oh, good whatever. one, good one. Um, but I also, like, I was wondering why Detroit, that was, like, one of the first things I looked up whenever I left the theater was to see if Zach Kreger had any... Like, connection with any Detroit. Any connection with Detroit, and I couldn't find any. So, like, I feel like Detroit is an interesting city to choose for this. I mean, it works perfectly, but... So I think
0: um, I think you're on to something, And Mm -hmm. I think the only person who could tell us whether or not, um, he was making some sort of political statement, um, about not only how, you know, the economy and things like that have, um, and then crime has sort of destroyed Detroit in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the city itself has gone through a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I think he'd be the only one to tell us whether he was trying to make that kind of statement. But it's mm. curious that a big movie producer owns a property in that particular neighborhood and has not figured out, right? Yeah. That it's, that it's gone to Shizots and, and somehow he owns it, right? So mm-hmm. maybe there, maybe, maybe your point is well taken that, that there is some sort of underlying, um, commentary there about it. Um, yeah. and I wanted to say that the, the other point that you had made also was, uh, a very good point that I hadn't, that I hadn't thought of the point that you had before you went into the political thing. And I don't remember, thing, I I don't remember it either. Right. <laughs> um, I don't remember it either, but, um but no, that was a, that was a good thought that I actually had not thought about. So, okay, um, cool.
1: Yeah. Also, since something you said made me think about it, but in the flashback, um you notice all of like, I guess not all, I guess just the neighbor or whatever of, the old guy, he can see the warning signs of Detroit and that it's going to shit or whatever. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, we're sticking a for sale sign in our yard. And like you mentioned earlier with Justin Long characters, like he doesn't recognize any of the warnings and he's a monster. And then also like this old man is a monster and he's like isn't heeding any of the warnings that like the whole world is giving him about like where Detroit's heading too. So I think that's intentional. Um, makes me just like this film more. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just,
0: it's not just some, you know, uh, let's give you a monster with saggy titties and breast milk and scare yeah. you. There's more, they put a lot of thought. He put a lot of thought into it. It's, uh, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Hopefully the movie is, hopefully the movie is a success. I, I hear it's actually doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but again, I think the, the press sunk it and now we've got, you know, the woman King and then some other movies, high profile movies coming
1: out and yeah. I
0: hope it doesn't get buried. Cause it's actually really good.
1: Yeah. I hope so too. Um, I believe on letterbox right now, it's the most popular movie. Really? Yeah. It's like whenever so... I opened it up, it was like the first title showing. So that's cool. I hope okay. people are watching it. and They definitely should.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, so before a verdict any other further thoughts i think we covered everything by the way um i think that this movie just proves that um justin long is highly entertaining and underappreciated
1: yeah so i like him more after watching this
0: yeah i so i don't i don't know why suddenly he was the actor du jour and he was in a ton of films and then sort of fall fell by the wayside um but i'd like to see him on screen more he's he's uh Very appealing. Even when he plays douchebags, he is a,
1: you know, what was it? Boyish looking. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I also wanted to say, like, I thought it was interesting that Bill Skarsgård was an executive producer and then he dies 40 minutes into the film. Um, I kind of like I kind of like that, actually. I do, too. Like, it's cool to know that, like, his hands were probably like on other parts of the movie. And like, I wonder if he like knew he was going to die in the film and was like, I still want to be involved with the rest of this because I love it so much. Um, that's how I want to look at it. So that's what I'm going to well, do.
0: Well, I got to tell you, I think that that is part of uh, that's part of basically scheduling your life basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you know this, he is, he is set to be Eric Draven in the crow reboot. Oh, And so I think not only was he juggling acting in that as well as other uh, projects, I think that as an EP on this and wanting to be in it, Mm -hmm. he probably had designs on a bigger role, but was like, oops, I got to be somewhere else doing something else. So why don't you just kill me? And, you know, but, yeah. but to the normal consumer uh, audience or whatever, it, it works as like a shocking psycho moment, right? Like mm-hmm. we think Janet Lay is Lee is the person who's going to, you know, get Norman Bates and then she dies in the shower. So it, yeah. I, I love it. That's I think true. it was a great move, you know? Yeah, um, me too. And then one last other thing before we hit our verdict, which I think we both know yeah. what our <laughs> verdicts are going to be. But, um, I was going to say the photography was very, very interesting because if you go back and watch it again, they do this thing where they're framing boxes, right? Like, mm-hmm. there at one point, Justin Long is saying something, and he's saying something douchebaggery, and he's in a box. He's shot through the box, you know. Um, oh. It's like sh- it's like shot through a shelf as he's standing there. Yeah, and and it's sort of I don't know. It was kind of like this notion like do you want to go through this door and see what's behind it? Right. Okay. And so I, again, they were doing a lot of framing with boxes. The house itself even kind of looks like a box and there's a key box. And, uh, and
1: doorways too, I think. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so yeah. it's, uh yeah,
1: I, I like that visual motif. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. That made me think of something. Do you know, like, I guess it was kind of weird for me that, like their first night or whatever, like her door opened. And I know it's to make us think that the Keith character did it, but it was technically like the woman, I guess like she's so dirty. Wouldn't there be footprints or like she's huge. There's no way she's just like silent. Also like, no. yeah, maybe on a rewatch that won't exactly work for me. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was wondering <laughs> if you thought the same thing. Yeah. It was kind of like, Cause when she, when the
0: homeless guy is like, she comes out at night or whatever. And I'm like, mm. what? And she yeah. hasn't been shot or killed or arrested. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. I also just thought of this, but it would have been, I guess, funny if after Keith dies, like her getaways in his car and she like gets in there and it's just like rope and duct tape and stuff. She's like, oh man, he was going to kill me. Like, yeah, <laughs> <something> like that, <laughs> that would have actually been pretty good. Uh, a pretty yeah. good addition. Yeah. Ah, Lord is
0: okay. So, Alex, what's your verdict on Barbarian? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'm giving it a watch.
0: Yeah, it's a, for me too, it's a watch. It's a, it's a huge watch. Get out to the theater and and watch it. Definitely. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for guesting on the uh, inaugural watch skip singular episode.
1: Hopefully we can do it again. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I'd love to be on an episode with Justin too. I uh, want to conversate with him more. Yes, valuable absolutely. thoughts, I think. I love your guys' podcast, so yeah, thanks oh, for thank having you. me on. Awesome, and uh,
0: we'll put a link to uh, Justin's podcast in the description as well, Friends with Cinefits. There was an episode uh, just recently on Last Action Hero. Definitely mm-hmm. check out his Mad Max uh, Fury Road episode before that as well. Good stuff. All right, thanks. man, take care, and yeah, that's a too. wrap. <laughs>